0: Hey guys, welcome to the Beautiful Boxing Podcast. I am back again. This is episode 7. And I just wanted to give a quick episode where we looked at Kovalev yard from a different perspective. So over the weekend... Antony Yard, Tunde and anyone in between has taken an absolute shellacking from the mob who were really hoping that they'd fail, right? There's a large contingent of anti-Tunde and anti-Antony Yard people. There are. They've existed for a while, they've rubbished his record, they've rubbished his trading methods, they've rubbished everything about that whole setup. So what's their agenda? I have no idea. Why is it easy to give a kicking to Tunde? The the standard answer is because he talks so much. But that's not actually true. You don't hear a lot about Tunde. Look, the guy doesn't follow anyone on social media. It's that simple. He doesn't. He's a guy who he responds when people mention him. And I've known Tunde a long time, so I understand where he's coming from. The reality is, whenever a camera is thrust in front of Tunde's face, he understands that Anthony Yard's not really the talker and Anthony Yard is the revenue machine in the team. So I let Yard take the risk and say something off script? Let Tunde take the heat. Now, people say, well, if he's going to play the heel, then he deserves the shit that he gets. Well, he doesn't play the heel. What he plays is, he plays an exaggerated version of himself. And now this brings me to the thrust of the conversation. Being a trainer, it's a lonely life, it's a cruel life, it's a soul-sapping life. You're the last to get paid in the food chain, and very often you're the guy that gets paid the least. Be absolutely clear about that. The boxer, the promoter, the manager, the broadcaster, will all get mo- they'll all get more money than you, and they'll get their money before you do there are more disputes involving fighters and trainers over money than there are fighters and managers or fighters and broadcasters or managers and broadcasters or promoters and broadcasters. It is fighter-trainer and you never understand this because there is no debate that the trainer is the most important part of a fighter's camp. There's something special about the, the top-tier trainers, the, the guys you go to when you want results, the guys you go to when you want to be great. There's something different about them. And I don't know what it is. And I look at myself sometimes and I go, what is it that keeps me going? And it's two things. One is a question. One is a statement. The question is, am I doing enough? Day in, day out, you look at how someone trained. I look at how John Pilata trained. I look at how Courtney Bennett trained. I look at how they're progressing. Am I doing enough for them? Can I go and do more analysis on who they've got to fight or spar next? Can I find that missing piece? And I might have already found it, but I don't believe it's complete, so I'll go back and i do it some more. And i do it some more. So I don't go out for my friend's birthday. I don't go out to watch the cricket. I sit at home and I watch. And I study and I review and I understand And I go, is this good enough? Am I doing enough? The answer is very rarely yes. Until the fight's over, the answer cannot be yes. Now the statement is, it's not good enough. My training plan, not good enough. That first draft, nowhere near good enough. The first version of this podcast, not good enough. Watching John knock a guy out in one round, which I think is brilliant objectively, but in my head I'm like, is that good enough? Could he have done it in one punch? That's the life of a trainer. Talk to Billy Rumble. Talk to Shane McGuigan. Talk to Tunde Ajayi. Talk to Chris Smedley. Talk to Sean O'Hagan. Nick Manners. Jamie Moore. Nigel Travis. Jamie Sanagar. Chris Senegar, Charlie Rumble Senior, Dan Woodgate. How many do you want me to name? Mark Tibbs, Jimmy Tibbs, Don Charles. Those two elements drive them because you don't get to the top as a trainer if you believe what you're doing is good enough. You need that constant challenge of can I find another level? As a trainer, as a man, as a person, can I find another level? Tunde Ajayi is cut from that cloth. Can I find another level? Can I do something special? What's the future of boxing? And can I be at the front of that wave? These are the battles we all face as trainers. This is why we disagree on so much. I'm of the view that volume is volume is volume is success. Tunde thinks I'm crazy. Shane agrees. Adam Booth might have a different opinion. Jimmy Tibbs might say it's not. But I'm a big believer in once you do your volume, that's where the confidence comes from because you can't do much more. There are other guys that do less, but it's more targeted and more precise, and that's good and that works. There are others where it's a team effort. Team GB is an example. But ultimately, we all want to be at the head of whatever the future is, and that's what we're fighting for. And we want our fighters to be representations of that. So let's bring this back to why is this important for Tunde and Anthony Yard. None of Anthony Yard's critics and none of Tunde's critics A. have put as much time into the sport as he has. Like, you know, sometimes you've got to remind people who Tunde Jai actually is. There's no doubt about it. Jai is a, a, it's a class act. Um, just have to see get a few rounds under his belt. He's boxed. Five fights of the professional in 2001, and this is a man who came to the sport relatively late. Don't try and portray him as an outsider. This guy is a guy that's come from outside of boxing, he was rejected by the system. Not true. Ajayi then prom- um, promoted by the TKO Promotions in association with Steve Ollie, sponsored by Ed Waits, and uh, they've got a very interesting character on their hands here. Tunde Jai is a product of the system. He's been in the system. He's been at the Lin. He was at the Matrix back in the day. This, this is not said to diminish him. This is said to say, this man has been in the sport. He's not, he's not a witch doctor. He's not a charlatan. He's not a snake oil salesman. He's been around all the gyms. So when he talks about experience, this is what he's talking about. Five professional fights in 2001. I think he had five between... 99 and 2000, this is all in his mid to late 20s. He's a man that's been in the sport. And he's been trained. So he understands the the importance of a bond between fighter and trainer. And the essence of that is I have to care about the fighter. You know, if he gets kicked out of home, I care enough about him that he can come and stay with my family. I spend enough time with him as I do with my children my wife, my parents, my cousins. He's an important part of the family because that's all they hear about. Because when you're a trainer, that's all you do. You put your hand in your pocket. You make sacrifices. You call in favours, all for the betterment of a fighter who in five years might leave you for someone more illustrious. You might be forgotten. And then you've got to start again. So let's ask this question. What has Tunde actually done for Anthony Yard? That sets him apart? Well, I'll leave that up to you guys. It's been tradition of, of me over the last three to four years to come over when um, the big fights are happening. You know, I brought Junior Saba, who everyone knows. This year I came over with Junior Saba and O'Hara Davis and Anthony Yard just to really, you know, give them the exposure to what big-time boxing is about, you know, and I feel that, you know, 50 invited us over here today, you know, we've been at Floyd Mayweather's gym, we've been at the Hit Factory, and um, for me it's just, it's it's normal, but for for young boys who really aspire to get to this level of the sport, it's important they see things like this. That's how you care about a fighter, that's sacrifice, that Earns you a spot by their side for as long as you want it. Not only that, you took them from their first amateur bout, you've been training them. One fight, five fights, ten fights. Now no one wants to fight you. You can't get matched up. You don't like the judging, because some of your other fighters are suffering. So you go, right, we're going to turn these guys pro. You get him sparring. And this is all before the debut in the pro ranks. You're sparring over McKenzie. You're sparring Gabriel Rosada. You're sparring all of these guys and you're shattering reputations. And in picking supreme athletes, and that's what Tunde Jai was smart enough to do. We're just talking about this almost, I call this chapter two of Tunde Jai's training career. This is when he finally got boxes, And when people say, Oh, Anthony Yard just fell in his lap. That's not true. I can name about 15 people that have been with Tunde. Some are well-known, Craig Richards, Daniel Dubois. Some are less well-known. You know, one lad I trained, Conti, Anesu Twala. Andre Bennett. A lot of these guys people won't know, but they couldn't hack the intensity and the hard work required to be part of that originally stamina for sale, now System 9. They couldn't hack it. What you see is the last man standing, Anthony Yard. In look, As a trainer, there are two people whose opinion about a fighter I place above all others. Now, people might think it's Chris Smedley, and to a certain extent it is, but I don't see Chris as often as I want to. If Tony Cisse tells me a fight is good, I believe him. I don't question it. If Tunde Ajayi tells me a fight is good, I don't question it. Why? Because if you can handle training with Sisei and Ajayi, you can handle any other trainer on this planet, I promise you. That's what they are. They're tough, uncompromising men. Why? It goes back to what I said before. You ask yourself, am I good enough? And you look at your fighter and go, is that good enough? And these men are the best at it in London right now. And they will push you and push you and push you because they don't want to waste their time getting up at five in the morning if you don't value what they do. And the reason I'm making this is so you guys understand that at the core of it, Tunde Ajayi cares about Ad Niyad. That loss doesn't hurt him in a professional sense. You win some, you lose some. It hurts him in a private sense. These two men are very close, and this is what people don't realise, is that bond you build up. He's helped mould Anthony Yardin into the man that he is through the sport of boxing. That's not easy. That's a heavy responsibility to carry. But to earn that, you have to sacrifice, and sacrifice is what Tunde Jai does. a privilege to be invited by 50 Cent people to, to, show, to show my boys what their school is about. So he hasn't heard about your rapping skills in <laughs> And I uh, wanted to get you out here to do it. Tunde Jai is a selfless man. Shay McWiggins is a selfless man. David Caldwell is a selfless man. Chris Medley is a selfless man. Billy Nelson is a selfless man. Alex Arthur is a selfless man. Charlie Rumble Sr. is a selfless man. Mark Reigate is a selfless man. Steve Heiser is a selfless man, Mick Delaney is a selfless man, Lenny Hagelin is a selfless man, Brian John is a selfless man, Sid Kahn is a selfless man, Andy Stables is a selfless man, Karen, I forget Karen's surname, at Roehampton, selfless woman, Rachel Bauer, selfless woman, the list goes on. All of these people sacrifice their time to train people, why? Because they care. There's no money in it, really, when you strip it all down. You just want to see someone become special. There's a humility with it. Yes, there's an insane drive, and yes, there's a a need to win, because that validates all the doubts you've had. You're stressing out, and you're, you're shaking, you're sweating, and what you have to do for the purpose of the camp and the fight is show your fighter you're in control of your variables. Even when you're doubting yourself, you've got to believe in it to the point of delusion. Because the energy you project to your fighters is the energy they take into the ring. So when you criticize Tunde for having a big mouth and for being overconfident, it's what he has to be for his fighter. Have have an appreciation of that. I'm not saying like the guy. But next time you see a trainer and it goes wrong. And sometimes going, going wrong isn't what they did wrong, it might just be you face someone who's superior. But next time you do that, before you put the knife into that trainer, just remember, three months before you had a go at him, three months before you said he was shit, he was asking himself, am I shit? Am I going to lose this? Am I going to get beaten? And he spent three months doing everything he can to make sure he doesn't. And some days you just meet someone who's better. And you've just got to dust it off and go again. Be better. And it's worth remembering that when you think about trainers. Because they're the first people to get shafted. Managers never go from 25% down to 15%. But how many times have you heard of a trainer? When the, pe- when the purses get to half a million, now you've got to take 5% instead of 10%. But when you were feeding the fighter, they weren't questioning it. When they were staying in your house, they weren't questioning it. Do you know what I mean? When you were paying their petrol, buying them gloves, buying them boots, taping their hands for free, the 10% wasn't an issue. Then when they're on top, now the 10% is an issue. I'll always be protective of trainers because I know how hard it is physically, mentally and spiritually. Rest assured, Tunde Jai is devastated. He's devastated for Anthony because he you knows so what Anthony's dreams are. He's devastated for Anthony's family. He's devastated for himself because he'll always feel he could have done something better. But sometimes you can't. And so when you do have a go at someone like Tunde Jai, just remember, when you've moved on and you're having a go at Shane McGuigan, or you're having a go at Lomachenko's dad, or you're having a go at Usyk, you're having a go at Eddie Hearn, when you've moved on from this, Tunde Jai still has to be Tunde Jai, and he still has to be out in the yards trainer and he has to get him back to winning ways. Once again, far from the madding gaze, far from the bright lights, back in the peacock, back in the office. He'll have to care again. He'll have to ask himself, am I good enough? He'll also have to ask himself, is Anthony doing enough? Is what he doing, is what his, start again guys, is what he doing good enough, is he putting the right level of effort in, can we find another level individually, can we find another level together, remember that, the story has to continue after your criticism, after your abuse, the story has to continue, but no guys thanks for tuning into this one It's a a bit offbeat, but it's something I've been reflecting on for the last couple of days. And, you know, as I say, say, the aim of this podcast is to give you guys a different perspective on how things can be in boxing. I'm not saying change your views. I'm just saying here's something else to think about. Guys, have a great time. And as I always say, get in touch. Twitter, Instagram at Highfield Boxing feel free to message, get in touch, let's have a conversation, please, as I always say, if you like what you hear, share it, tell your friends about it, tell fellow boxing fans about it, let's let's start to build a community that moves in a different direction, and as I keep saying, I'll keep saying this till the end of September, September 27th, Royal Albert Hall, get your tickets, Denzel Bentley's got tickets, John pilato has got tickets, John's looking really good, really focused, he's hungry. I know Denzel's your performance. I told him we're doing the interview together. So look, like, I know Frank will tell you to get your tickets from AXM or TicketWeb or wherever, but just hit up the boxes. Denzel Bentley's on Twitter. John Pilata's on Twitter and Instagram. Just say, guys, I need tickets. I'm happy to help in any way I can, but let's, let's start supporting those fighters. So guys, have a great day. Get in touch, and I'll speak to you soon. Guys, apologies, there's an addendum to this. I've just realised that I called out a load of trainers' names and left a lot of people out, so I really have to apologise for that because there are a lot of people who've been instrumental in my development as a coach, so I've got to shout them out as well. So guys like Adam Martin, Roy Connor, Mick Gilfoyle, all ex-Lodge guys who are doing great things. Glyn Rhodes, a fantastic man in person, great boxing mind, got a lot of time for him. You know, Even guys like... I think it's Graham Everett up in Norwich who trained, Sexton and trained, Fabio Wardley, Mark Tibbs, you know, a lot of these guys out the East End, the Peacock guys, the guys down at Miguel's, Double Jab guys, you know, we've all had good times, so if I've left you out, it's not being disrespectful, massive apologies for that, it's just literally I've done two versions of this, so I don't know. What names I had in the original version, I deleted. So I just want to make sure that a lot of the people who show me love get the love back as well.